Welcome to Everyday Elephants. I'm your host, Tanner Olson, and in a minute, I'll be joined by Phil, Katie, and Ted. Everyday Elephants is a podcast that discusses what the world is discussing. We take a close look at the elephants in the room, everything from politics to trends to religion. Together, we look for where hope is in the midst of the change in chaos and confusion. Welcome to Everyday Elephants. Hello, hello. Good to see you guys. Hi. We're all here. <laughs> yeah, so we are. We are here. We, we missed you last week, Katie. I missed you guys. And you were talking about a topic and hunting and guns. And I was like, so jealous I wasn't a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did great. Everything went really smooth, except for the, the pina colada, I don't know, mixer conversation. I was like, I need to... Uh, Come back oh, yeah, and save the day, but oh. it was fine. <laughs> the, Cap- the Capri Sun mixer? Yes, Capri Sun oh. mixer. Oh, oh that's right. Did yeah, you try right. it? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I have I'm not... I Honestly, we were done with the podcast. <laughs> I totally forgot about it. Ted, that was your one job, man. One job. I know. I, f- I failed. I failed. It's all right. No, you, you didn't fail. You just haven't succeeded yet. So that's after it. the podcast that's today, it. Ted... We, I, I want to, I want to review. I'll post a picture review. of my, yeah, of my uh, Capri Sun. <laughs> Pastor Ted's <laughs> cocktail list featuring the Capri yes. Sun. Uh, <laughs> Phil, how are you guys doing down there in Nashville, Tennessee? Hey, I am surviving right now, my friends. I've, mm-hmm. uh, I've had the flu bug for the past like 36 hours. And uh, just like Michael Jordan, I'm here for the flu game. So ready to put on my best performance for today. So let's go. <laughs> Which now, is Tanner, code for, you... we're going to end the pod soon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if I pass out during the middle of the show, you know why now. So we'll just, just be good going. for live content. That's all. Tanner, yeah. can you say down there? Is that like, because you're in Nashville as well. Is he? Is Phil literally down from you? Well, he is uh, on the way our Zoom is set up. I am in the top right <laughs> corner, and he's in the bottom left. So I gotcha. said, gotcha. I was like going down there. When and then as soon as I said it, I was like, he is, he is ten minutes down the road from me right now. That yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's all right. It worked out well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Katie, what about you? What's happening in Florida? What's happening down there? Yeah, now, now that makes sense. Now well, it's <laughs> well, in Florida, I mean, it is great i mean hanging in there i feel like surviving is probably a really good word for a lot of us right now (laughs) um especially those who are teaching we are surviving we just got done with our long breaks and now we're just in it for the long haul so we are just trucking so you know we're hanging in there it's a lot it's It's a lot lot. but good overall doing pretty good thanks for asking that's awesome that's good good uh theodore pastor ted What's the news? Pastor Ted. You know, uh, we're uh, gearing up for a winter storm down here, which would make most people north of the uh, Red River laugh. But we just don't have kind of the infrastructure for the next couple days of ice we're going to have. So uh, we're, you know, we're going to stay warm in our comfy pants over the next couple days. And I'm I'm excited. Uh, My wife is making spicy potato chowder tonight which is mm-hmm. our go-to cold weather soup and it is legit so i'm very excited for spicy potato chowder when she gets home tonight and when you mean by cold it's like below 40 degrees yeah it's it's uh wind, <laughs> no, southern cold. wind chill of 25 phil that's cute so, that's really cute 
So, no. but in Texas, that's no where bueno. the problems begin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What was what was really well. exciting was we got warmer, and so uh, Chelsea had been watering some plants to you know kind of refresh them, and I realized, oh, for her to water the plants, she has to take off my jury rigged pipe wraps. So last night at you know ten thirty, as the temperature is dropping, I'm out there grumbling and, and wrapping the outdoor pipes to make sure we don't have any burst pipes on the outside of the house so that was fun yeah man. i love when okay. you're doing projects ted because like usually when you get in the thick of it and things just don't go right there's just certain words that come out of your mouth and uh, Listen, it always makes me happy i'm i'm a vocal person so for a project to be done you have to yell at the object that you're working on that's mm-hmm. just how it works I don't so know. Kind of, it's like I, I have a few. Them. I have a few have favorite to, Ted stories of something like that happening, and you have just to motivate the thing in front of you. <laughs> so, I well, I gave you, the. Uh, I was just glad I I knew where my tools were because some of those uh, hoses were not coming off the uh, faucets outside. So, okay, they they well, got a few choice words last night. I'm not surprised. Yeah. 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 I am excited. Tanner, how about you, man? You've been doing some stuff. I've been doing a lot of stuff, Ted. Uh, But I was going to say, I'm excited for you, uh, mostly because of what your wife's making, because uh, Chelsea's never made anything bad in her life. Never. um, Well, sounds good. Nope, nope, Ted. This is a live podcast. We don't have anything (laughs) bad in her life. Nope. Exactly. Well, see, here's the thing. I'm the lead experiment. So I don't know if she's ever made anything bad, but she has made recipes that aren't as good but it's not her fault it's just the recipe is like meh. so hmm. she couldn't make chocolate chip cookies for a while but it was like persistence and now incredible chocolate chip cookies so just got it down now mm-hmm. okay real well hopefully those uh, chocolate chip cookies can pair well with a uh, capri sun cocktail so <laughs> that's right that's right uh yeah man i've been traveling a bit i just got uh we were in I was in St. Louis uh, over the weekend, St. Louis in Illinois. Um, so my buddy Blake Flatley, who's a musician, we did a house show in St. Louis. Uh, so he played music. I did some poetry and some stories. And uh, then we did A Night of Hope. So it was Blake, myself, and uh, our friend Heidi Gaiman, who's an author and therapist. And so there was about 100 or so uh, high school students and uh, like some young adults. And we talked about mental health. I shared some poetry. We did some kind of exercises uh, and it was cool. It was, it was a different kind of different, but I really, I really loved it. And they seemed to respond really well to the conversations that we were having. Uh, But I'm back home for tonight and then I fly out to Florida tomorrow for another event. And so just kind of a season of travel. Um, So I'm doing everything I can to not end up like Phil, which is sick. Uh, um, Yeah. We're not going to hang out right now. That's for sure. No. No. That sounds really cool, yeah. though. What's what was your big takeaway from this show, Tanner? Which one? The house show or the church uh, the event? night of hope? The the hope. The show. night of hope. Uh, people really want to talk about the things that we don't think people want to talk about. So they really mm-hmm. want to share about the hard things that are happening in their lives, and we also just don't know how to do that. And we are we are learning to kind of create spaces so that we can do that. Um, it was, it's really one of those, it's like, you know, if you kind of create a space where people can connect and talk about the heavy and hard things, um, good things can come from that. But how do you set the stage? How do you create the environment? And then who kind of facilitates? 
facilitates those conversations. Um, and for us to be able to go into a church and to not be the pastor or the youth leader or the worship leader, but to be, hey, I, I've seen that guy's stuff on the internet before, or, oh, she's a mental health therapist, he's a musician, mm-hmm. like, they're gonna he- we're going to help them take that next step. Basically, the idea is to help them begin those conversations, and then the, the youth leaders and the pastors and the teachers and the parents are able to kind of carry those conversations on. Um, and so sometimes you need outside voices to remind them that they do have a voice and that their voice needs to be heard, especially the, mm. the heavy and hard things that they're going through. So um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, there were also some uh, comfort dogs there. Ooh. So there was a couple. Oh. Yeah. Oh, That's like, there were three day. of them there. So, yeah, so I only cried a couple of times. So it was really uh, it was a really, really sweet event. Uh, and then the event in St. Louis, the house show that we did, man, like so. Tomorrow, I will have celebrated 10 years of writing, of written to speak started 10 years ago. Holy smokes. And I just, I Dang. just now feel like I got it. Like, I, I feel like I know what I'm doing. Uh, so it's, it, was, it was really cool. It was cool to be back in St. Louis, kind of where it all began. Because uh, I lived in, I started, I started the blog 10 years ago in St. Louis. Wow. So, yeah. What would, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? To this day, uh, there's there's actually a, an episode of the Walk a Little Slower podcast where I share <laughs> ten things that I've learned over the ten years. Okay, so all right, I'm just gonna so say, it's yeah, no, it's out, it's out, right? It came out today. Okay, but yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a, there's That's a bunch cool. of stuff, but I mean, it's it, a good thing usually is made in a crock pot. It's not made in a microwave. Mm. So uh, I love microwave yes. food, though. <laughs> yeah, so do I. But. But I'm more of like, you know, you kind of think about it. I, I used to, when I lived in Texas, I would talk about like creativity, like brisket, where like, you don't just like make brisket like that. Like it takes no. a long time. You have to have mm-hmm. kind of, it has to be right to do it. You got to keep checking it. You can't just leave it and go away. Whereas some people think you can just toss an idea into a microwave and think that that is that and it's done and it's good. Um, so I've learned, I've learned more than I ever thought that I would learn, but uh it's good to be doing this. Um, and, and, and thank you guys for supporting my work. It really does mean a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But we're not talking Tanner, about I that let today. You know, I, oh, wasn't, okay. I wasn't laughing at you in the middle of your stuff there. You could. I got a text that popped across my screen from Chelsea that said, I hear you talking <laughs> crap about me. So, <laughs> which, which means that first, Chelsea, well, first fact we're going to... Yeah, exactly. Chelsea, we got your back. Everything you make is amazing. And give me some of that jalapeno ranch right now injected Ooh. into my veins that is that the best so that's good. the flu me and carrie just talk about that all the time yeah exactly that's that's what's gonna bring me alive right now so that's true. <laughs> uh, uh well ted we've talked about a lot of things today but that's not what we're talking about what are we talking about today mm-hmm. on the pod so the process for us getting to the point of deciding what we're going to talk about a podcast usually happens um starting it can go throughout the week but really we start trying to finalize something on thursday which usually means it's about sunday night monday morning when we really decide what we're (laughs) going to be talking about so true but as we were talking this week we realized there are a lot of topics that are deep that are dividing and we know we want to talk about those things but there was a weariness among some of us just in general And so what we wanted to do is to sit back and say, how do we acknowledge as we look around and say, there is so much going on in the world. Mm -hmm. We're coming off shootings. We're coming off injustice. We've 
we've talked about a lot of these things over the past couple weeks. And we just wanted this week to sit back and say, if we were to ask ourselves the question, how do we encounter a world that is so deeply in a place of suffering and find places of hope? We said that's that's what we want to do here. And so today's episode is about asking that question. How do we find hope in the midst of suffering? And so I just want to toss that out there to, to you all to say, how do you find that place as the news you know, almost downloads directly into our eyeballs now. And we know that, you know, the more intense the news, the better it sells, but also it is just an intense world out there. So how do you guys encounter suffering and try to find hope in the midst of it? Yeah, I think one of the the biggest things that when I think about suffering or injustice, I think about, I was reflecting just overall about this. And I feel like personally, I don't know how you, you all feel, but I really hold the weight of a lot of the things going on in the world. And it's so easy to feel overwhelmed. And I often feel just humanity in general, believer, non-believer, what, you know, in the church, not in the church. Um, At some level, we all understand suffering we all experience it either at a macro scale or micro scale. But um, just looking at all the news and all the input we have, I can feel a lot of darkness and a lot of heaviness. And I even had a friend a long time ago tell me, Katie, you know, life is serious, but it's not that serious because everything, like I felt like I absorbed everything so deeply and so seriously. And there are things that are really serious. And I think, but also look, you know, learning to, um to find the hope and to let some things go to know what is our fight what's not our fight what do we um what is it that we're called to pray for and do um because we can't do everything and we can't you know hold the weight of the world on our shoulders that's just not practical um so you know thinking about this question i really over time i've been a christian for 10 years but over time my idea of suffering really has evolved and i would love to hear you know from you guys as well but with suffering um you know when i was a young believer i would look at the world so much differently now going through scripture and really understanding what scripture says about suffering about christians in the world about what's going to happen to the world um it really started to to change and not that I grab onto one certain thing to find hope in, but that my whole idea of who God is in the midst of it and his character has really, really grown, changed and tweaked. And I had to throw away some things I thought were true about God, um, you know, thought he wasn't doing because of injustice. You know, a lot of things that through scripture he really refined. Um, so that's where I'm, I would start with, which I would say just going through scripture, my idea about who God is and his character doesn't reflect the suffering that's happening on the world. Um, that really started to change my, I guess, my heaviness, if I could say that, you know, use that word. So um, what, mm-hmm. what about what about you all? I I go back to uh, my dad's a pastor and there was a sermon I listened to him um, preach when I was in in college or seminary, uh, you know, listening to the podcast of it. And he was talking about suffering and he talked about suffering on a sliding scale to say, 
listen, when you need to be at that work meeting and you've lost your keys, that's a level of suffering. You know, that's maybe a, a 0.02 on the suffering scale. Uh, and then, you know, you could have lost uh, a spouse or a family member or a close friend to illness, disease. Well, that's, you know, a thousand out of a hundred on the suffering scale. And I found that to be an important thing to say. Suffering happens in small ways and in big ways, because sometimes we want to excuse and say like, well, this isn't suffering. And just because you're suffering differently than someone else doesn't mean you're not suffering. But I think there's temptation to try and shut out suffering of others, of how much we can handle. And like you were saying, Katie, I don't think we're meant to handle it all. Because that that is too much on our shoulders. But on the flip side, there's an empathy quotient of saying, how do we learn to empathize and sympathize with people in their suffering? There's a great animated talk that someone did of Brene Brown, and it's um, somebody stuck in a hole. And she goes through all these different things. And she said, really, you know, one of the best things you can do is climb down into the hole. Um, or uh, I've heard it another way where someone's stuck in a hole and they can't get out and different people pass by. And then finally their best friend comes and he jumps in the hole with them and they go, well, why'd you, you know, why did you jump in here? Now we're both stuck. And he goes, well, I've been down here before and I know how to get out. And I think that's suffering can happen on small scale, but suffering is also happening on huge, large scales. And my prayer and my hope personally is to state that I won't become so either comfortable or uh, what's the word I'm looking for desensitized that I won't care about suffering that doesn't happen to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, one of the promises we get as people of faith, we, we think that, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to become a Christian. My life's going to be easy. We want to run straight to Jeremiah 29, 11, right? You know, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord pro plans to prosper you. And we're like, yes, that one, put it on a coffee cup. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Jesus tells us in this world, you will have trouble. I mean, that's mm -hmm. from, the Lord. And so I think we have to encounter it in a way that says we acknowledge suffering. We sit in suffering. We learn about suffering both in our own lives, but we acknowledge it in other people's lives as well, that we may not experience the same way they do and say, no, we, we can understand that you suffer as well. And I don't think we seek it out. We're not trying to, you know, self-flagellate and, you know, try and earn some greater level of Christianity by saying, look at how much I suffer but instead being able to share that as brothers and sisters in Christ, as humanity together. Mm -hmm. well, there's some big words right there that I don't know if I could really understand everything that you're saying, but I think I get the gist of it. <laughs> um, you know, going from to scripture, right? Um, I'm look back to scripture and I reflect on the suffering that's happening. And I look at God's people and I'm like, man, you guys are just, how could you not see it? This is right in front of you. How could you not trust in the Lord um, in the midst of the, the chaos or the suffering, right? Um, 
has he not shown you enough? But um, I, I realize I, I probably would be part of that problem too. I, I'd probably be um, in the midst of the suffering. I would want solutions. And, and I think that's, that's my problem is like when suffering happens, I want to get to um, fixing the problem. I want to uh, make things better, um, uh, find better outcomes that's going to help uh, this scenario. And so like I can look at all the, the big things that are happening right now, whether it's, it's shootings um, or um, what just happened with Tyree Nichols or any, anything that's big right now, right? I'm one that wants to help, I don't know, figure out like what went wrong. Why, why did we get here? And I think that's the sin that I continue to um, struggle with because uh, I'm not meant to be a savior. I can't, I'm not going to be able to fix these things. Um, and, and I think that's where I struggle with is because in the midst of the suffering, I is the problem. Well, I think the, the challenge is though too, like, I don't think what you're saying is wrong though, Phil, in saying... You know, as we look at these things, we, we want to end suffering the best, especially as we look at our neighbors, right? If we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves and, you know, we look mm-hmm. at the things you just talked about, we want to help end those things. And, and that's where I think there's this tension of suffering because suffering can happen to us or we see it happening to others. And I think the question, you know, so that I shared that John passage, which is in this world, you will have trouble. But Jesus finishes that by saying, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so if he's overcome yeah. the world. I think I forget about the lamenting process more than anything else. Oh, like, okay. I, mm-hmm. I see what you're like saying. You, you I, I skip that jump part. Fix mode. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. fix the problem. I'm, yeah. I can talk about a number of these issues and mm-hmm. give you my opinions and like what needs to change rather than say, well, this just happened. We need to lament this particular situation and grieve. Mm-hmm and sit in Shiva and cry over mm. this thing that just happened that was tragic. And so um, I just, I struggle with my approach of how I deal with because I'm trying to move on to the next thing and move forward. Yeah, Ooh, and there's I no like such that. thing as quick, there's no such thing as quick, quick healing, right? Suffering, no. is, a, mm-hmm. suffering is, a, is, a, is a long, is a long road. And I think where we're at as where we find ourselves in 2023, we are, our eyes are open to all kinds of suffering. You know, we see it in every part, you know, because of the news, because of social media, because of how many people we can keep up with, we see suffering all of the time. And I think about, you know, back in the day, you know, all throughout scripture, like they, they would get, they would know about what's happening here and here and there, but not everywhere. Whereas I feel like we know about all of the suffering that is happening, which becomes very, very heavy, which makes it hard to take steps forward and to remain hopeful uh, or to remember that, you know, what Jesus has said that, yes, he has overcome, right? Like he has taken it over, but we just get caught up in the, in the cycle of the news of the refreshing of the hurt and the pain. Uh, but kind of like you were saying, Ted, that video from, from Brene Brown, when she talks about empathy of like, we can just sit. We got to sit with it. We got to sit with it. And that's hard. Yeah, you know, and as you're talking, Tanner, I was thinking about, um, you know, in Matthew, Matthew 9, Jesus and you and Ted, you were kind of referencing this too. like we have to find this tension of how to 
kind of how to empathize with people, but also like feel what you're saying, like without this savior complex, we're thinking like, mm-hmm. I got to do it all. I got to, you know, this is not okay. And we, we just can't, we were not, we're not capable, but you know, I was thinking about there's, there's a level of where people's suffering um, is supposed to move us in some sort of capacity. And in Matthew nine, Jesus is just co- surrounded with tons of people that are suffering and that are hurting. Um, and he looks at the crowd and he said, and it says he was moved with compassion um, because he sees that there are people that have been harassed and suffering when they're a sheep, they're a sheep without a shepherd. And, and I think that's, that is for the believer where we can, we can rest in that, that we can't go everywhere and save every single injustice and, um, you know, put all the, all the imbalances back to balance. But what we can do is we can look around us and we can be moved with compassion for the people that are close to us, that are touching us, that are in our community. We can do something. And so we're not left with uh, helplessness and other people's suffering, but we are, uh, because we have his Holy Spirit, we are able to be free enough to move with, be moved with compassion to serve those and help those around us. And I mean, I, I think we all as believers have a story or a memory where we can say, man, it was just, I was I was just walking in the will of the Lord. There was a moment I was moved and I was able to act on something, even though it felt really small. That is the step in the call of the believer. We don't need to go um, and stop every war. We don't need to stop every ideology that's up against our world today, because that that is left alone for Jesus to, to do on the day of judgment. But um, I will say you know, thinking about Ted, what you brought up about the world, like Jesus said to take heart um, for I've overcome the world. Um, the, and it's in John 16, but I, but before that, this is something that was so, it just stuck out to me so much. When I went through the uh, Bible in the year last year, John 15 and 16 were the two chapters. I was like, wow, I know I read this before, but this is taking on a totally different different tune for me. But in verse 20, it says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will reap, weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, sorrowful. Sorry, I can't. I've been talking all day. I'm not sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When women give birth, when, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take that joy from you. And so there's a promise in the sorrow and in the suffering that there will be a day where there is no more suffering and where every injustice is handled completely. And there will be joy that that won't be diminished or taken away. Um, but the hope is for is for then. And I think that when it comes to this idea of suffering, we often, we want to get ourselves out of it so quickly, not just the world out of it, but even when we're going through suffering, when actually there's this, um, there's this sitting in it that when we suffer, there's a lot, there's a lot that the Lord, the Lord is building. He's revealing and I mean, all through scripture, you see God's people going through suffering and God reveals himself to them. 
And an example of that, one of my favorites is Hagar and um, how she was the one that said, the the Lord is the God who sees. She knew that not being one of God's people, not being Israelite, being a woman, she was the one who discovered that this is the Lord. This is the God who sees because she was going through deep, deep suffering. And um, even though for some that might not seem like that's worth the cost for a believer, if God is going to show us something about his character, then it's worth everything for us, everything. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's one of those things that as believers that we can really hold hold on to and remember that God does see and reveal himself. And sometimes only through suffering, we can only see certain facets of his character because we're in human form. We're not fully, we haven't fully arrived you know well and and i think part of it too has to be us stepping out Mm. um in the process to say we stand with people who are suffering and saying um you know we stand in you know in funerals in wakes we stand in communities we stand in hospital rooms we stand in all these places that sometimes we just have to stand there with people yeah and just be um Mm -hmm. and that is very uncomfortable to be present with someone as they are suffering more deeply as you Mm -hmm. um or more deeply than you i should say and I know for me where the Lord has worked on me to see more hope is to say not only in my own life is there suffering, are there those places, but to say he has given me hope. So am I going to store that up or am I going to walk out into the world and be present with people? And like you were saying, it's not like we're running out to seek every little piece of suffering, but when we encounter it, can we be the people of God who stand there in the midst of it? Um, so, so this is a topic that's really hard for me to work through. And I, I feel mm-hmm. uh, like I'm struggling through this and that's okay because ultimately, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, Ted, but at what point do we also need to speak truth into a certain situation? where they're suffering and not only not only be there for them, but then also speak truth to the fabrication or the misinformation of what is being described as suffering. Right. Tell me more. That's a great question. Well, I'm saying that there that's great. All these different situations and, and that are happening right now, there is one story that might be shared i'm always kind of like and granted this is probably me i'm always looking to see like okay what's the other side yeah, to this but... because it can't always you know the, the way that the narrative is being said may not necessarily mm-hmm. be true right and so right. one what point do we also need to be responsible to speak truth into some of these situations in the midst of the suffering that's happening because is it truly going to help the suffering that's there if we just mm-hmm go with the the one narrative or do we expose the hypocrisy that's happening in the situation 
Yes, if I think. Oh, go ahead, Ted. Sorry. I'm I'm gonna jump on this. Mm-hmm. If you're standing with someone who is suffering, you don't you don't prove them wrong in their suffering, mm-hmm. because there will be a point where they're not in that depth. But if you walk into a situation where someone is deeply suffering, and your goal is to go here's the thing you're not hearing. That's Job. That's Job and his three friends. Because Job is sitting there going, I haven't sinned. This evil has happened to me. I haven't sinned. And his friends go, no, you definitely have. Mm-hmm. Like, you've definitely sinned. Because look at what God's doing to you. To the point where God's ready to destroy his three friends. And it's Job's prayers that bring leniency upon his friends. And I think as Christians, if we step into places and go, oh, you're hurting, but guess what? In our theology and who we are, the change of process happens through the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think too often we try and step into places and go, you're wrong instead of saying, hear me out, or let me hear you out. Because at the end of the day, you're not solving their suffering. And I don't disagree that there is a place to say, there can be a self, there's a difference between suffering that happens to you and suffering that you inflict upon yourself. But we have been known as a people in this country of people who step in and don't hear suffering. We tell people why they shouldn't be suffering. Oh, yeah. That's what we all do. I mean, many different sides. I I just don't hear enough of people actually lamenting and just being with those and being in the suffering. I, I think we're all quick to start saying, okay, here's the right solution to this. And I mean, I, I love what you, you're having to say. But I don't think we all are doing that too well. Um, all people. I do, don't we hear this, I do don't think... we hear this conversation a lot, though, when we talk about uh, thoughts and prayers? Mm-hmm. Right? Because I think when we talk about, like, when I say for someone, I am praying for you, or I'm thinking mm-hmm. of you, in some ways, that's, that's me lamenting for their hurt or for their pain as well. And I think kind of what I'm hearing between Ted of saying, we're going to sit in this and Phil of saying, we need to do something with this. It kind of feels a little bit, and I'm not saying, Phil, you don't believe in praying. What I'm saying is like, that there is that, that's kind of what it feels. Call me out there, Tanner. That's a little bit of what it feels like of like, to me at least of, well, yeah, I'm going to continue to pray for this suffering and I'm going to sit with this because I also know hope. And you're saying, well, why don't we just start with doing something? We got to do something. We got to fix something. And that's that. That's a part of it too. But I also don't know if that's always step. That for me, it's not step number one. That's not how I'm wired. Is that does that make any sense? Does that track think, at all? I think there's wisdom in it because you know, I I I hear like I, I understand when people are suffering. We need to be we need to be with them, and 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 I I. Tanner, I'm wired very similar to you in the sense where I've had, I actually have grown out of like some things that I, like I 
really am like I'm wired one way and I I now don't really do what I'm wired how I'm wired because I'm just trying to I question a lot of things but one of the things I I really do have a hard time with which I think this is kind of Phil what you're saying is when people are claiming that there's been trauma or abuse or some kind of suffering and they're taking on a different narrative in order to and it's and it's a lie it's almost like there there is i do i do think there's a time when somebody's suffering that you almost can splash cold water to wake them up and with truth and the sense of like listen and you're talking to somebody who when i i mean i i learned at a really young age being a girl is a really hard life <laughs> and a lot of disappointments came before i reached first grade you know and just to be vulnerable, you know, this is, I, I understand injustice. There's things that make me so angry for little girls like me that had to go through what I had to go through at certain times. So I get it. But when something like an ideology, like a deconstruction movement comes in and, or, or something like critical theory or something like a, a narrative that is taking those little girls or those boys that were raised in church and lying to them about their experience so that they take on a different narrative, it's not, it's not being passive or dismissive to say, actually what you went through was really true and that ideology is preying on you to keep you a victim. And that's not insensitive. I think that that's the most loving thing you can do in somebody who's truly suffering because what happens if somebody is, is trading in the gospel and truth for another lie and using their trauma and victim mentality. I saw this when I worked with girls that were sex trafficked and working in a home. Like, listen, they have to understand they were a victim, but by the time they leave there, they're not going to stay a victim. They need to look up, be on the outside, look back at themselves and feel like there's a separation between what happened to them and who they are now. And that that's a process that takes walking, that takes time. Yes, but at the same time, it takes somebody also saying some really hard things and asking really hard questions and having the wisdom to know the timing of those things. And I think what's happening right now with this deconstruction movement and some of this narrative with trauma and suffering, it's actually keeping people where they are and it is lying to them. And I think it's okay to say, you know what, wake up. Like, here's some cold water, here's some truth, you know, because if not, it's it's not kind, it's not loving, you know? I think as we're talking, I think we're coming at suffering from different uh, viewpoints. Like we're yeah. coming at it from in different angles of like, this is my, when I think of suffering, I think of this. And so I right. think we're all, all kind of coming at the idea of, you know, different forms uh, of how does our yeah. faith help when the world around us feels hopeless and broken? So when they're suffering, like, and so, yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting, especially because mm -hmm. like what you're talking about, yeah, there's a different way to approach that than uh, maybe the violence that we see on the news, right? Like it's mm -hmm. just a little bit. Yeah. But Phil, was that uh, well, the narrative that you were talking about, like the question that you were asking? Yeah, I, I, I think to sum it up is like, where's the balance in it all, right? I mean, Ted, you're bringing up good points. And I was only playing devil's advocate for a little bit just to, because personally, I just struggle with some of this stuff sometimes and just talking through some of this stuff. But, you know, it it's hard to find balance when we're talking about suffering and leading that into hope. And, uh, mm -hmm. and maybe that's just because I struggle with that is 
you know, you, people say thoughts and prayers, right? But my thing is, if I'm not bringing a meal over to that that couple that's going through something like that, like I'm not there's there's no thoughts and prayers there. You know, like there needs to be an action that is going to show them that I love and support them well, as well. And that's I mean that's what you see throughout scriptures. Prayers and um, lamentation are always first steps towards action, right? Mm-hmm. That part of prayer oftentimes is we look and we go, God is a genie, fix it, God. Instead of saying, you know, all right, Lord, I'm seeing these things on the news across my Facebook feed, whatever. First, I'm going to pray this prayer of lament of like, my heart is broken. Now, what can I do? And sometimes, I liked Katie how you said, sometimes it's a proximity thing. It's people who are within our proximity, we go take care of. Sometimes it's saying, I'm, I'm going to skip, you know, my coffee for a couple of days, whatever it is, you know, and say, I'm going to give to this organization because that's not my proximity, but I know they're doing good work. So I'm going to invest in people doing good work. Um, sometimes it changes how we vote. Sometimes it changes how we advocate online. Um, sometimes it's, it's a whole direction change and we encounter suffering and all of a sudden our life changes and we step into that, you know, the Lord can do that. But I think you're right, Phil. I think prayers, our prayers and lamentations should lead us to places because that's what they did in scriptures. So they weren't just, they were the, the starting off point to say, Lord, I need you to do this. And that not being like, Lord, you do it, but I need you to be able to do something myself to step out into your world because I need hope to step into the world to bring hope. So. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a big conversation, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I did not and want to have look, this conversation. Look, we solved it. In, in 45 <laughs> minutes, we solved it, suffering. So philosophical. Okay. Five, and... five, 500 different viewpoints. We, we I, got don't think we, I don't think we will ever solve anything on this podcast. No. We will. Well, and we shouldn't. And that's, a, that's not our goal. This, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I've been reading this book. It's a very short book. It's called Sit, Walk, Stand. It's by a um, Chinese Christian author from back before the communist revolution in China. And there's a point where he talks about, you know, it's he's, he's pulling apart the Christian walk um, using the book of Ephesians. Sit in Christ, um, walk in his ways, stand um, against the enemy. And he makes a really good point to say, you know, when we stand, we're not fighting for victory we're fighting from victory and that's a really key thing to say listen what we can bring as christians is to say the battle's been won we're stepping into the skirmishes the enemy's trying to fight to make it look like it hasn't and that's that's been kind of transforming how i'm seeing all this and working to say how do i create a better world around me And that's probably a good place for us to uh, to end today, huh? Any final thoughts from uh, Katie or Phil? I mean, there's a lot, a lot more we can say. There's a lot of topics we can come at, but you know, for today, I think I think we we covered a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks cool. for having this conversation.
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Everyday Elephants. Make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. You can follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. And if you're interested in being a sponsor for the podcast or you have a topic that you want us to discuss, let us know. Send us an email to everydayelephantspod at gmail.com. All right. I'll see you all. Well, I will be on the next week's episode. I got I got something going on, but I'll miss you all next week. But we'll be back next Monday around the same time.